Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Swung on and hit in the air to deep left center. That ball is high. It is far. It is gone. Here's the 0-2. Cut on and miss. Ball game over. Yankees win. The Yankees win. Thank you for listening to Yankees Baseball. Have a good night. And Avon from A-Rod. Robbie Cano, a don't you know. Can you imagine? Hello, fans, and welcome back to Pinstripes and Bright Lights. I'm John Sterling. As you know, I've broadcast the Yankees for the past 30 years. And a bunch of teams before that. I love sports. I love the stories. I've got a great story to tell you. But I also want to hear about your stories. Why are you a fan? And I'll read those letters on each podcast. If you have a question or want to talk baseball, send email to john at pinstripespodcast.com. Today's letter comes from Eric. Dear John, as a lifelong Bomber fan, I have many fond memories of the Yankees. The first trip to the real stadium in 80 against Milwaukee, watching Donnie baseball's career, being there on cap day against the Rangers in 92 and 93, getting showered with those caps to rocking the stadium with the dinger in the 95 playoffs. Of course, the dynamic run from 96 to 00 so many great moments in those years. But my favorite Yankee memory was Paul O'Neill's informal goodbye during the 2001 World Series. Being recognized by 57,000 people while losing a game, seeing him fighting back his emotions, then tipping his cap just before entering the dugout. That's why so many players know being a Yankee is like no other. Eric also asks, what is your favorite call you made on the radio in your career a Yankee game or other. That's, that is very, very tough to answer. But I remember the night that Paul O'Neill was uh, said goodbye to by the Yankees. Paul O'Neill. Paul O'Neill. That's a great Yankee story. And as you say, it was a game they were losing. It really was a magic moment. You know, what is your favorite call? I find that impossible to answer. First of all, with the Yankees, I've had, <laughs> I've had so many great memories, including the back-to-back in two years, perfect games by David Wells and David Cones. But here's the interesting thing. The first time I ever did High, Far, and Gone was not in a Yankee game. It was in an Atlanta Braves game. Tino Martinez hit a two-run home run with one out in the bottom of the ninth to tie the game. The Yankees won on a Soriano base hit in the next couple of innings. 
The next night, they're losing it by two runs in the ninth inning with one out and one on. Scott Brocious hit a two-run home run. And the Atlanta Braves played in Atlanta Fulton County Stadium, which was a double-deck circular stadium meant for football and baseball. So when the ball was hit, the stands framed the ball so you knew the ball was out, so it was very easy to call home runs. And when Scott Brocious hit that ball, and I started saying, it is high, and I thought to myself, boy, you're going to sound like a jerk. It can't happen two nights in a row. Years from that date, Scott Brocious came back to the stadium. Just, just Maybe it was a big day or something, and he came on the air with us. And I told him that story. I said, you hit the ball. And I started to call it, giving it a home run call. And I thought, boy, am I a dope. This can't be happening two nights in a row. And you know what Brocious said? I agree with you. I couldn't believe it was out either. <laughs> Isn't that funny? A lot of people believe that if it wasn't Babe Ruth, it was Willie Mays who's the best baseball player of all time. The reason I think Ruth is that Ruth, for those who don't know, before he became the greatest slugger in baseball history, the one player who transformed the game, he was a great pitcher. (laughs) Babe Ruth was Chris Sale, Clayton Kershaw, Madison Bumgarner, Back in the 19-teens, he pitched Boston to the World Championship. He won almost 100 games. He was a great pitcher. And he would, if he just stuck to pitching, he would have become a baseball Hall of Famer as a pitcher. Then he turned out and totally turned the game around. So why am I saying all this? Because I'm going to give you a story about Willie Mays circa 1951. In those days... In fact, all the way up till a few years ago, the manager ran the ball club. doesn't happen that way anymore. They don't hire those managers. This cycle will not yield to that. Joe Torre, Bobby Cox, Tony La Russa, Jim Leland, and of course, all the great ones of the past, Lou Pinella and Billy Martin and Ralph Houck, and Earl Weaver, I I go on and on. They couldn't have managed today. They couldn't have gotten the job because they were too independent and they weren't going to listen to other people tell them who to play and how to play them. Uh, Billy Bean, the president of the Oakland A's and a very well-regarded baseball source, once said about managers just a few years ago, he said, the manager is middle management. Why would you have someone in middle management making all the decisions? So today's manager is hired for not as much money, and the manager has to listen to the metrics people. They're in the manager's office. They're standing behind the dugout in the stairway giving facts. And is it different? Boy, is it different. My goodness. And... You can see this in the new wave of managers who are being hired. Uh, But, you know, that's the way it is. Well, it wasn't that way in 1951. Leo DeRocher was the manager of the Mets. Uh, 
And during spring training, he fought with a front office, with a GM and the owner, a guy named Horace Stoneham, and he battled and fought. He wanted this kid on his team. And they said, no, we are sending him back. We don't want to retard his progress. I don't know what answer they gave, but that was kind of the answer. And DeRocher, he wouldn't take anything from anyone. He knew what he was doing. He had been in the game all of his life. He thought he was smarter than those people. And he begged for this kid, and they wouldn't do it. They wouldn't do it. So they sent Willie Mays back to uh, Minneapolis, which was a giant farm club in the American Association. And DeRoche's Giants got off to a slow start, and he didn't like the way Bobby Thompson played center field, and he wanted to move Bobby Thompson to third, and he wanted Willie Mays. So Mays went back to Minneapolis, and this is what you want all of your top-notch minor league stars to do to make you bring them up. Well, Willie did that. Why? How? Well, he hit 477 in Minneapolis. <laughs> that, would, that would open up your eyes. So they bring Willie Mays up in 1951. I think it was in May. And like a lot of other people who break in, he couldn't get a hit. And he was, I believe, 0 for 21. Now, if you say to me, John, how do you know all this? Because I watched the game. This is eyewitness. Eyewitness News reporting. I, I watched the game. I didn't know the story, of course, till I read it many, many, many years afterwards. So on this Friday, the uh, Giants are going to play the Boston Braves. It was only a couple of years later that they moved to Milwaukee. Warren Spahn, is going to, a left-hander, is going to pitch a great left-hander. So during the, the day, Willie Mays goes into DeRoche's office, and he says, um, Mr. Leo, send me back. I can't hit up here. <laughs> send me back to Minneapolis. So <laughs> DeRoche who was a very tough and very strong-minded, uh, gets up from his desk and he says, look, you're my center fielder every day for the rest of the year. I don't care if you ever get a hit. I mean, he saw greatness in Willie Mays, which obviously many other people did as well. And he said, D don't worry about it. You'll start to hit. Just relax. And that night, when the first inning Mays came up, and he hit a long home run to left field all the way on top of the second deck in the polo grounds. And obviously his career went on to where people would say, well, if it's not Babe Ruth, Willie Mays is the greatest all-around player in baseball. Thanks for listening, everyone, and be sure to come back for more baseball stories, Yankee stories, or sports stories. If you're enjoying the show, be sure to subscribe and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find all the episodes online at pinstripespodcasts.com. Thanks again. I'll see you next time. Download and subscribe to Pinstripes and Bright Lights on radio.com and the radio.com app or wherever you listen to podcasts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, 
They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.